welcome to the Gigless Podcast, a podcast showcasing the works and talents of those who lost their gigs due to the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast will feature a range of creatives from the tri-state area who are young visionaries and who contribute to their craft despite the recent events that have happened. Join us today as our host, Remy Leibovic, speaks with Melissa Sherry, the singer-songwriter from Woodbridge, New Jersey, who has worked with notable New Jersey artists such as Lead Me to the Forest and The Shrine. Recently, Miss Cherie released an EP entitled Seasons in 2018. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Gig List. This is our third episode, and we are hosting the wonderful Melissa Sherry. Is that how you say your name? Uh, yes, Sherry. Yep. Cherie, okay. It's Thank a French you. last name, right? I'm not even French. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> so, so Gigless is a podcast that focuses on recording um, how everybody lost their gigs due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And right now we are talking with Melissa Cherie. And she is a musician, a performer, an entertainer. She has a academic background in music and in music production. So she's going to take it away. Start with telling us a little bit about uh, your music background. Yes. Hi. Um, so I, um, I have a classical background in music. Um, when I was six, I started taking uh, classical piano lessons. And so I basically did classical for... I don't know, until I was like 16 and I, I, I started to take it really, really seriously. And, um, and then after that, I went to Bergen and um, I started studying music business and I started songwriting and um, I was in a band. I was in a band called Telltale Heart uh, for like a year with like my friend. And it was just like, you know, for fun and stuff. And eventually I decided to set out on my own as a solo artist. And then I went to Wooly P and now I'm here. And now you're here. Where's here for our audience to... No. Um, my bedroom. <laughs> no, just kidding. So, so let's talk about how you got to that. So what mm-hmm. were, like, what is your usual gig that was affected by this pandemic? So I, um, I work as a professional music tutor at Bergen, where, um, like I mentioned, I went to school there. I went to school there with Remy. And, um, Bergen Community College Bergen for Community context. College, yay, Bergen Community College. <laughs> And I tutor music theory, piano, ear training, um, you know, and just like all sorts of like, uh, like I said, that like the oral music, like oral meaning like listening skills as well. And uh, I would tutor there. And so that, you know, I'm basically laid off. Um, they're trying to set it up online, which is nice. So that, you know, maybe I'll get a couple students online. I also teach piano privately from my house. And I had to put all my lessons on hold. Um, I also had two shows canceled. I was going to play April 3rd at Boon Tunes in Booton. And I was going to play April 9th at Debonair Music Hall with uh, the band's Wishbone. Really fucking good. Um, Jerry at the Beach. Again, really fucking good. And this guy named Omar Kaba, who is an amazing R&B vocalist. And it was going to be such a good show. And we had to cancel those. And this past Sunday, we were supposed to do a live session at a local studio called Big and Tall Studio uh, in Woodridge, New Jersey. And that in Woodridge? Out. Yes, where I'm from. Ah. Yep. So show, shout out to Big and Tall. They're really awesome. 
and uh, basically that all had to be canceled. Yeah, it's it's been it, it's had an impact. So what? So where has your craft taken you uh, besides you know just having these professional gigs? Where has it taken you in terms of? you know, emotion or development as a person. Could you tell me more about that? Like my craft as in my music and stuff? Yes. Yes. yes sure. <laughs> um, well, I, I basically write from, I consider myself that I write music from like a point of necessity. Like I feel like sometimes like when, when things happen in your life, you can't really process them. And um, like, they're just very difficult to process. And so I basically use music to do that. And um you know, I also just love getting together with, with my band and jamming with them. And that's literally the highlight of my week. And the past two months, we've really picked up a lot of momentum. We were playing, we played a show at, at this place called The Hideout in Clifton. And we were really picking up momentum with getting shows and just getting all these things. And it was great. And then like, you know, I get, I started to get itchy, like if I'm not playing with them for too long. And so it's just, it's lame that like, you know, whatever, like I can't play with them until this blows over. So so how are you adjusting? How are you in this band and these different music projects that you're in? How are you adjusting to not being able to play every week? Are you guys doing Zoom calls? Are you guys, how are you guys keeping that momentum up? Well, you know, so we're not doing Zoom calls because I feel like to do like live music face to like and try to do it collaborative because on the computer, uh, on the cell phone, whatever, there's always like that, like one second lag. So, you know, and it's also like we have nothing coming up anymore. So we don't really have yeah. any idea. So that, that sucks. But um, I'm trying to think about doing some live streaming. Oh, tonight at seven o'clock, which I'm not sure when this is going to get posted, but if it gets posted today, today's Tuesday, <laughs> tonight at seven o'clock. <laughs> so, so I believe that you will be posted later this week. It's Tuesday, March 24th, yes. but this is will be posted later this week. But you guys can follow Melissa. We're going to put her contact information in the show notes. You guys can follow Melissa because I know that Melissa goes live and it's always a pleasant experience. Thank you. Um, yeah. Going, going live tonight. It's the Englewood Library because okay. one, one of my good friends is a librarian there. And uh, it's going to be like a live open mic. So like anyone can, I'm going to be co-hosting it, but anyone can jump on and play. Yeah, that's an excellent way of making use of your time, especially now with uh, everyone socially distancing. Yes. And for our listeners, again, we are recording this whole podcast over Zoom. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, so let's go back a little bit, backtrack a little bit. Where did you start? playing music like what was your first instrument what was where did you end up going with it and did you take on more in instruments I know that you're a really big piano person yes um yes. so when I was I mean I was always musical um one of my first musical memories was being four seeing the Lion King and like putting on a concert for my grandparents I'm like they need to hear this Elton John song <laughs> you know and <laughs> And my grandma had a piano in her house and she tried to learn and she had some weird Russian guy teacher and it wasn't, it wasn't working out for her. And she just, but she had all the books there and they were all like kitty types of types of books. And so one day I think I just started fiddling around 
and she noticed that I was playing like, you know, a couple of notes. And I started just like reading some of the notes on my own. And, uh, and then she put me in lessons and I took, I took piano lessons um, until I was like 17. And I started taking it really, really seriously. But then I started, you know, getting into, you know, rock music, indie music, punk music and stuff like that. And I eventually picked up the guitar. So, so how are you coping mentally and emotionally with this whole pandemic? Um, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> like the first week, first couple of days, we're like, okay, this sucks. Uh, and then a couple of days, and it's like, you know what, like, yeah, maybe I'm just like, I'm taking this time to be introverted and, and chill out and, and do stuff. And then, um, I mean, I've been going to bed at like 2am consistently, <laughs> which isn't good, but, you know, actually, same. I've reverted right. back to my art. It's very strange, but oh. I've reverted back to my in school during thesis hours, like yes. I will go to bed at 1am or 2am mm-hmm. and then I'll just wake up at like nine and then yeah. just start the day. I know that that's not healthy, I know, but, <laughs> but it's, it's just, I don't doing. know. I'm just, yeah, because I've, yeah. I've been getting more back into drawing back into, you know, my craft. Mm-hmm. And I feel as a musician, are you, are you exp- do you have, because now everybody has so much time. Yes. Are you like looking for more artists now? Do you, because now you have all the time to listen to more mm-hmm. music and more. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially like, um, I feel like this is a time where it's like all the local artists I've like neglected to click on or check out. Like this is a great time to just check all of them out. You know? Yeah. Um, well, who, I, who's some local artists that you want to shout out? I want to shout out David Cabasa. Um, I want to shout out Jerry at the beach. I want to shout out Hannah Comia, Rachel Miller. Yeah. This is raw art, guys. Raw art, exactly. Raw art. And so, so as someone who, as someone who teaches music, mm-hmm. how are you, util- are you planning to utilize technology in any other way? Are you planning to you know, do online lessons? Because I've been seeing a lot of people give online lessons now. Right. Um, to be honest with you, I don't foresee myself giving, like, virtual piano lessons. I know I've seen some people doing that, and I'm very curious to how they're, how they're doing it, but I feel like unless they have, like, a, a third person in the room, like, holding up the, the, the camera for them, because it's like, I'm just curious how they're doing it, because it's like, you need, I need to see your hands as a teacher. You know, I need to see the hands. I have to see the music. I have to see like all of that stuff. So you can't be holding the phone. But I'm totally open to giving like music theory lessons for super cheap. Um, I know school is going to be resuming online, like classes and stuff. I'm totally open to like tutoring theory um, or just ear training or just, I don't know, anything anyone needs. Bergen is trying to set up this thing where students can still get tutoring um, on this weird website. I forgot what it's called, but we'll see where that goes. Yeah. And I definitely want to ask you more about, you know, are you so are so you can't so you're trying to push the teaching element with music theory and with, you know, different ways to try to tutor. But is there any other art forms that you're trying to express yourself with? Um, aside from music? Yes. Oh, well, aside actually, from music. Oh, I actually love to draw. Um, I so like this is a time where I get, I just get like super bored with like my clothes and stuff. And this is a time where we can't really go shopping. 
So I love to like upcycle and like DIY like my own clothes and stuff. It's like a hobby of mine. Oh, that's excellent. I never knew that yeah. about you. Yeah, I don't like that's share so it. <laughs> but yeah, just it's fun. Yeah. But now you're sharing it on Gigglis. Now I'm sharing Gigglis. it. <laughs> yep. But but yeah, no, upcycling is definitely a very important sustainable practice that we all need to start getting more into. But I don't know. Do you wear any of the, so then wait, the clothes that you upcycle, do you wear yep. any of those to the show? Do you like Absolutely. in a regular performance? I was actually so walking. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, go I was ahead. actually working on this dress that I, uh, I got from like the Macy's like last act rack and it was like three sizes too big and it was like 10 bucks. And so I got that and I was actually working on that to wear to like, you know some of my gigs or like to the video that was supposed to be last Sunday um wow it's actually over there what was working oh wow so she's she just showed it to me it's a very nice navy blue color purple color it's like a suede yeah it's like a a velvety I'll show you again it's like a velvety uh blue dress oh very nice and then there's like my bergen tag over there (laughs) (laughs) so so Walk us through, walk our audience through what a typical gig is for you. Like, uh, how does it start? Like, what's the process? Where are they usually at? Sure. Um, so mostly before, before, every, before everything in life got canceled, um, I was on like a really cool flow where I would go to work at Bergen. I would have band practice and then like do lessons throughout the week. And, um, I didn't really have to approach anyone for uh, any of the gigs lined up. Like they just kind of like came to me um, just like miraculously, you know, like they were just like given to me and um, yeah, I'm sorry. What was the question again? (laughs) Oh no, just what's, so that's great that people, because that just shows like how respected that you are and talented that you are. So what does a typical gig look like? Like, is it in a, is, are, do you play li- at live restaurants? Do you play oh, at venues? What's sure. the typical setup? So, How many uh, songs? Oh, I got it. I see. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, usually like a, yeah, like a bar or like a venue type place. Like, uh, Debonair is like a venue. Um, Boon Tunes is a venue. We played at the hideout, which is like a bar and a grill with a stage, which is really cool. And, um, we usually rehearse for like, I don't know, maybe like a month beforehand and, I like somewhere between like five and six songs and maybe throw in like a cover or something and you know yeah so you're north jersey based right are there any plans post after we get through this whole virus are there any plans for the future when it comes to maybe expanding into other areas like new york or uh upstate new Mm. york or south and central jersey Well, uh, the the gig that we were supposed to have at Boon Tunes, before it was at Boon Tunes, it was supposed to be in Rutgers, like Rutgers, New Brunswick area. At yeah. Place, yeah, like this place called The Bathhouse. And I've like never been there. I heard it's super cool. Um, you were just telling me before the interview started how cool it was um, that there were yeah. some cool shows. But yeah, so it was supposed to be down there. But yeah, we were looking to expand there. Um, and like maybe New York City, we were talking about like, Rockwood Music Hall at some point or Sanger Hall in Queens 
you know, just expanding or even Boon Tunes would be expanding for us because that's going much more west. Um, yeah, that's going more towards uh, central Jersey on that 287. Yes. <laughs> all the way down. But yeah, and what is, so, so I'm glad that you have, you know, you have this optimistic viewpoint, at least from what it's sounding like, you have this optimistic yeah, I mean, viewpoint. Obviously, like, there's still anxiety. Like, last night, I was having such horrible, catastrophic thinking at 2 in the morning, of course, because that's when there's, there's no, no rational thinking at 2 in the morning. But... I cried at 1. I'm not going to lie. I oh, cried no. at 1. I was, watching RuPaul, <laughs> oh. I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race, and I was just like, really? It, it hit me. Oh, no. Yeah, I feel like this week is, is starting to get, well, it's been starting to get real, but I think, like, last night, it just really hit me, like, this is like kind of, this feels kind of apocalyptic. Um, it's not. And you know what? I think people should, 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 should stay calm. And as much as I am disappointed that my gigs got canceled, it's, um, it's, it's necessary. And it's like the only thing that's going to really help the virus. And like, it's just, it's serious. Like I don't want to catch Corona and I don't want to give Corona to anybody else who's vulnerable. I live with my grandparents. And so that was a big thing. And you know, that's, that was a big thing going into the factor of, like, my band deciding, like, okay, we're not going to rehearse anymore at my house, because that's where we rehearse, and it's, like, because I live with two people who are over 70 years old. Yeah, you're immune, comp they're immune compromised, for sure. Yeah, so they're, like, a part of that vulnerable group. Yeah, and so, so what was it on a family note, then, when this thing hit, if you don't mind me asking? So my grandma was super anxious um, and my grandfather, he's been going out and he like, my grandfather's like addicted to buying groceries. He loves going shopping for groceries. And um, so he definitely has to take a lot of precautions when he goes out and like buys food for the family. And my brother, I think was a little bit, I don't want to say in denial of how bad it was, but he was just kind of like very lax about it in the beginning. And then it started to get like really real um he was dorming at William Patterson and he had to leave the dorm um his stuff is still there so we have to go back and get that and um we're just taking any precautions we can I think people need to also like wipe down surfaces like doorknobs refrigerator handles like little things like that and just like don't touch anything don't go out unless it's completely necessary yeah and Today, at least, we're receiving word that, you know, if you have any medical masks, that a lot of all the nursing people that I know are posting, don't, don't wear your masks because if you've been exposed and you don't know, you're actually keeping those mucous membranes within your mask. Right. Because and like, them, they know that they're going into an exposure zone so they can remove and they can mm -hmm. time their masks where everybody else can't really time their masks. Right. Um, right. And yeah. also, like, the hospitals, so, they need them, like... The everyday person yeah. I feel like we don't really need masks that much we just social distancing and whatnot just basic yeah, hygiene definitely you know so so let's talk about some musicians that are also uh really getting into this whole social distancing music the Italians in Italy <laughs> and <laughs> the Spaniards in Spain yeah. how they're playing music from the balconies have you so experienced cool. any of that because I know that you live in, you know, suburbia. Uh, I do. Bergen County. Have you gone outside and just blasted guitar or piano or anything <laughs> like that? Earlier, before before you you called, I was like actually outside just playing guitar and like I thought about like maybe like 
I don't know. I was playing so quietly though. And I thought about like, you know what? Maybe I should just like play and just like, cause there's like this old man that lives across the street from me and he's, he's got Alzheimer's and um, he like, doesn't know what's going on. It's like, you know what? Maybe I should just go over there, you know, six feet away, of course, social distancing guys and, and just play for him. Yeah, definitely. That's such a kind thought. Um, I think that, yeah, I think music is definitely therapeutic. And I feel that singing, I did choir for my entire middle school, high school. And I'm kind of upset that I dropped off in college. But um, I did, I did choir for all that time. And I think that like singing is just so therapeutic. And playing music and hearing music is just so therapeutic. Absolutely. have you gone into music therapy? Were you considering it? Um, I, I thought about it in high school, but um, I feel like, I don't know, like the real music therapy, this kind of, this sounds like kind of selfish, I guess, but like the real music therapy, I guess is for like my, my own self, just like when I write songs. And um, I definitely get a therapeutic experience when I listen to music, but I definitely did, yeah. did think about going into a program. To be completely honest with you, I'm not entirely sure what music therapy like formally entails. So I know you were telling me about Dane, the producer um, was doing the music therapy, which is awesome and so admirable. But um, at the time where I was deciding what to do, I just like, I didn't, music therapy sounded like such a vague term to me. I'm like, I'm not even sure what that means. Yeah. And for context for people, art and music therapy is basically people who have psychology and art degrees and they can go to the doctorate level and they can go to the master's level as well. And what they do is they provide services like um, it's re- it's normal therapy, but it's with the inclusion of music. It's with the inclusion of art. So it could be anything from playing different um, playing different instruments for different people with like anxiety is smoother music and depression is another type of music. It's I'm, I'm very, I'm being very vague, but that's, basically what it encompasses and then art therapy is trying is also another way that people are coping with things like I know a lot of people that are art therapists that uh work with people who have gone through traumatic experiences and Mm. uh and veterans and they work with people um like those people to filter out their experiences and help them cope and understand and move forward so that's what art and music therapy is but yeah these again but then again like in these times as we were talking before the podcast uh we're really starting to see how crucial art and music are to our society and to our culture yes absolutely um Remy and I were just talking about how uh most people don't realize how much art and media and music you're exposed to like you turn on the tv and um literally everything you see is like a fully thought out produced production with musicians actors and just just everything just some people don't even think like oh yeah this is a thing you know even commercials yeah commercials definitely are a whole thing when I was working on advertising agency it would take a month to pump out one commercial and that's just like that's just like filming and then actually no filming is like only a week the Mm. editing and everything else is like a month or two months and and um yeah and so are there any so you're sewing you're drawing yeah what are what are your themes do you have any themes any themes like themes in terms of of what exactly 
uh, themes in terms of like, are you focusing on, you know, the theme of love? Are you focusing oh. on the theme of spring? Are you like, sure. what are you trying to like, uh, <laughs> gauge yourself like that? Yes. Um, I guess like spring and, and just like self care. I feel like just speaking personally, um, you know, I had, there was like a lot of stuff going on before, like I said, the world came to a halt. And I just feel like sometimes it would feel like just, I like, I'd be just like careening through everything. Just, just this, um, just this constant motion. And I just feel like I didn't have any time to catch my breath. And so that's one kind of nice byproduct of the quarantine is that like, you have time to relax. Like the other day, me and my brother, we got really absorbed into doing this puzzle. And it was like, so <laughs> it was so therapeutic, as simple as that sounds. Um, just time to relax and do nothing. I think that, yeah, this is definitely showing us that we can live a simpler life and that we can yes. live definitely um, just enjoying the little things like family and friends from a distance, <laughs> but also a lot of creative people, like I said earlier, they're doing a lot of internal searching. Mm. And do you, and as a musician, I just know that like me, I'm an interdisciplinary artist. Uh, mm -hmm. I do graphic design, I do sculpture, I do, like, I, I have an interest in biodesign and all these concepts for designing for the future. But um, my question to you would be, is there a way that your music, does it bleed over into drawing? Does it bleed over into sewing? Is there something, how does that care, how does your music carry into those other art forms? Well, I feel like, you know, like music and art, and I guess even sewing too, it's all like vibes to me. So I feel like, um, you know, like even with that, that dress I just showed you, it was, it was supposed to go to like, with, to be like a certain vibe that like maybe, um, and I, I see like every show, like an opportunity is, is to like to do something new, to present your music in like a new way. And just like the vibe at the time and just like all of those, those elements just, just help capture like the vibe at the time. And, um, you know, even just like in drawing and stuff, like I've been really into like anime obviously because like what else is there to do like just you know catching up on the anime and like and like shows like adventure time steven universe which i love so much and um, there's a lot of music in that show yes oh my god and it's all so good yeah. in steven universe there's a lot of music so for those of you who don't know what steven universe is steven universe is a show about this little boy that's raised by these aliens, but at the same time, the aliens are crystal gems and they basically, it's like a kid's show, but it talks about some real controversial cop topics and oh, it yeah. teaches kids how to cope with a lot of heavy emotions. And a lot of it, a lot of that is actually expressed through song. Yes, and like all the songs are written by um, this, this person, the, the show producer and runner, Rebecca Sugar, and she's, fantastic and oh, all the songs are so good it sounds like such a weird uh premise for a show but it's so good like please if you're listening just check it out <laughs> absolutely they have some very who plays garnet i forgot her name estelle estelle oh yeah. my god i just totally like i just call her garnet whenever i hear it yeah oh garnet but i know because it's just that yeah. that um like who wrote american that boy that's garnet <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah exactly and so so that's how so music transfers into there um so music definitely transfers into your to what you watch and what you consume oh yeah digitally media wise and vice versa so, i'll get inspired by like adventure time or steven universe or whatever you know 
Yeah. What does, um, so how does it go into your drawing then? That's something I'm very interested in. Oh, um, well, I feel like, so I'm, all right. So I'm working on this thing. I'm working on a zine and um, I've never done anything like this. So I'm, I'm certainly like, I guess a little bit shy <laughs> about it, but I do want to make a zine that just talks about creativity and stuff. And like, um, I think I do, I relate a lot to like expressions and I love drawing people and whether it's hyper-realistic or it's like the anime style, like if I'm feeling a certain way, I'll just like draw a character in an expression. And, um, you know, in the zine I'm working on, like the first edition, I, I the front cover is like, like a girl and like her thoughts are like all watercolory and stuff. And yeah, so I just love like expressions and, and people. That's excellent. Yeah, no, zines are definitely a great way of communicating a point. And it's such an interesting form because it's print, right? Mm. It's print, but it's so DIY and do it yourself. Yeah. And the thing is, I taught a zine workshop to a group of kids through really? this local, yeah, through the Wickham Works Makerspace this summer. Mm. It's a local non for profit up in the Hudson Valley. And these kids were so excited to be making zines because zines are literally so easy. You can go mm -hmm. and you can find a YouTube tutorial and you can literally just, you know, draw a bunch of things on all these different pages, print like 50 copies and go drop them off at a local cafe and suddenly everybody knows you. Because yeah. I saw that, that you were featured, a couple months back, you were featured yep. in a zine. I remember reading about it and yes. I remember seeing the posts yes. and I it like those posts. But yeah, so continue. Oh, sorry. It was, um, that scene, by the way, is called Proto Matter. And it's by this really talented um, Montclair artist named Barbara Rokas. And she's just like really, she, really interesting visuals. And, um, you know, like a little bit of like political thought provoking, like existentialism, just like all that stuff. So she's really cool. But the I've, definition of a zine. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's what they and, all are for the most yeah. part at this point. <laughs> yes. Which is like so cool. And I was thinking about doing it like online, especially, especially that the world came to an end, you know? Well, not an end, a stop. Um, yeah, it came to a pause. A pause, yeah. Definitely a time of pause. Yeah. And creative people, it's it, these being gigless, now we have, you know, the time to, especially as a creative person, I feel that the arts are very, especially if you have a job or a profession in the arts, um, you know, not everyone comes from a supportive household. Not everybody comes from an understanding household or an understanding background. So when people say that, like, oh, I'm leaving this job to take some time for myself it could, to focus on my craft, it comes off as very selfish and it comes yeah. off as very what are you doing? You're stopping working. Like, especially in this American right. system of mm -hmm. consistently having to produce, 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 produce. So going back to yourself mentally, do you mm -hmm. think that this time of pause that, because now you're exploring sewing, you're exploring yeah. drawing, you're exploring making your own zine, which is very exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Do you think that this is like, you know, now you got the oath, the society's okay to take a pause. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. I mean, it's also like, for me, the biggest thing was it removes the fear of, this sounds so lame, but it removes the fear of FOMO, like fear of missing out. Like I've kind of wanted to take a pause, um, especially on social media, because you know what, Instagram, I love Instagram, but it drives me crazy. It's addicting. And I just feel like before you know it, you spent five hours on your phone in a day. 
And oh, absolutely. That that that's the antithesis of like creativity, in my opinion. You know. Yeah. Like my um. Yeah, my therapist actually told me that there's a the younger generation is actually experiencing more anxiety because when because on their phone they get instant answers from Google or they get instant in like instant gratification mm. on Instagram. I mean, we all get instant gratification yes. and satisfaction from our phones, but the fact the matter is that these kids, while they're learning their crucial building skills, mm. like and problem solving skills it gets them anxious because they're not finding out the answers as fast as, you know, their phones are giving right. them the answers. Yeah. So I think that that's a very, as an artist and especially as a musician with someone who has to practice, how have <laughs> you felt about the digital age? Because you're how old? I'm 24. You're 24. We're the same age. Yeah, so 25. High five. <laughs> through the zoom call we didn't touch don't worry nope, no <laughs> um but how did you so you were born in 95 mm -hmm. how did you see the age of and especially as a teacher now yeah how do you see the age of you know technology with music um the age of technology with music um so you know starting like 2009 like everyone had the myspace that was really cool and I feel like MySpace was even kind of creative. You can like do your own page layout. Like everyone had spent at least like an hour of their life, like <laughs> just doing their MySpace like thing. And, and like you can make a playlist and that was like super, super creative. Um, Facebook, I find to be the most like, Facebook and Instagram for me as an artist, like are probably the most uh, useful like promotional tools because like Facebook, you can join like a bigger group. Like I'm a, a part of a group called uh, N NJDIY. And it's like just like a whole community of just like statewide DIY artists. And so you can kind of like post what you're doing, um, see what other people are doing, get gigs, um, stuff like that. Instagram is cool, but it's just like the only thing is that like, you know, with the algorithms and stuff, it's so hard to get noticed sometimes. And because like everybody is just putting like their every, you know, you take a picture on Instagram of the Coke you're drinking and, <laughs> you know. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so the whole boom of the whole SoundCloud rapper, let's take that. Oh. That's like my idea. Sure. What did, do you think that we're going to have after this pandemic, do you think that we're going to have another wave of do-it-yourself musicians that, you know, become mainstream how the same way that uh, all these like, you know, Trippy Red and like yeah. uh, Six Nine and all these other <laughs> weirdos <laughs> do you think that there's going to be another boom of people in uh, the music space I would hope so especially that like you know I would especially hope that people during this time like can even be like acquainted with their creativity better and like you know maybe they uh they played the flute in fourth grade and they're bored so maybe they'll just whip their flute out and start start playing a tune or something again but I definitely think like I, there's something so like democratic about the DIY community and like there's just something like you can just do it like when I was like 10 years old I thought like oh to be an artist like you have to be selected you know into this group of elites and then I found out in college it's like um no you don't <laughs> you can just do yeah. it. Yeah, there's a really big especially both of us have degrees in the arts and we both hold you know, bachelors and associates. 
in the arts. So we are people coming from an academic background in the arts, but we also understand that the arts is a, is a place and a space of access to all. Mm. At least that's what we want it yes. to be, you and I. Absolutely. Um, you know what? Also, there's just like, for example, there's so many good, like, if you want to learn an instrument, there's so many good tutorials on, on YouTube and stuff. Like uh, one of my piano students, her name is Esperanza. Shout out to Esperanza. And um, she, before she came to me, she like learned a whole bunch of stuff on YouTube. And, um, you know, so I, I'm supplying her like more like technique and, and more like academic based stuff, but you can get just like such good stuff online. You can learn so much. Um, you can take classes online, you know, like Skillshare and, and websites like that. And I definitely think there might be a boom of, uh, you know, towards, towards websites like that, like Skillshare and stuff. Yes, time, you know. Definitely. So we're almost at our time cap. So I wanted to say, so, so just rehash again, what are your new projects or what are the things that you're going to be focusing on during this? Uh, during this, I'm definitely going to be focusing on the zine. It's, it's like I said, I'm like so intimidated because this is, this goes against, not against my identity, but I just feel like, so I've never done anything like that before. So I'm like so nervous about it and I'll write something and then I'll delete it and I'll, throw it up and crumble it <laughs> and I'll just do that a million times and well that's because you went to music school yeah you, exactly you always had that critique you always had yes. that critic in the back of your head yes and just so you know Big when time. I taught that zine, when I taught that zine workshop to that group of kids they were all teenagers they were all preteens I was so intimidated I sketched okay. something like in five seconds and I thought it looked horrendous and they're like oh my god this girl she literally went up to it she's like Remy this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life and I was cool. like was like it was just like, I literally <laughs> drew this to give you guys an example. <laughs> so, so literally zines, mm. just do it. Just yes. do it. Like Nike. they are not, there's no critic back there. Yeah. You know, you're your own critic. You're free. You're, you graduated. You have yes, I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's. And yeah, so there's a zine and. There's a zine. Um. So we're hoping, okay, so the show that we had for April 9th, we're definitely going to postpone it, especially that um, the, the person who was really in charge of the show was, was uh, my friends Josh and Ethan from Jerry at the Beach. They're a really cool like indie rock type of group, and they're having their debut show with um, all these really cool acts that I mentioned in the beginning. And so that's definitely going to be postponed. Um, we're definitely probably going to try to resume momentum. And, you know, just, just us as a band, we were really just like growing really fast. And uh, we had lots, we had like a couple, we had lots of gigs. We're gonna postpone the live session we were supposed to do. And uh, just like musically as people, like we were just trying to like grow past all these kind of like naiveties of like being in a band and being an artist and stuff like that. Like just like take everything to the next level and just make the content as good as it can be. Perform yeah. as good as we can. A absolutely. And so would you do me a giant favor and after this is recorded and you're live and your episode is up, can you send a copy of this episode of this podcast to all the people that you shouted out so yes. we can probably interview them Absolutely. or get them on this? Because that would be very interesting to have all these different people on very happy that to have do lost that. their gigs. Yeah, because again, Gigless is a podcast that is focusing on people who lost their gigs due to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic and these are people that their main source of income was their creative genius you know so 
I can understand like if you're a restaurant worker, you worked in the service industry or you had like some kind of part-time job to support your creative career, then you're definitely welcome on the show as well. But we do want to focus on people who are primarily trying to make a career, make a paying career out of art and, so- and music and entertainment. What so- about students? Students, if it's like, if you're a student, then that's fine. But if it, like Dana is a student, our co-producer is a student, um, but his main source of income was all like teaching music. His mm-hmm. income was all based on gigs, essentially. So right. that's why we partnered up. Cool. But yes, but yeah, no, thank you so much, Melissa, for coming thank on. Thank you Hitler's. for having me. And I'm so excited to see your next gig when we get out of this. And I'm so excited to see what you make. Oh, um, thank you so I can't, much. I, I never knew. We learned so much about each other. I, didn't I know, know we did. did. <laughs> like, I'm still so fascinated by about all your other talents besides oh, music. You. Like, that's just so interesting. I yeah. really do. I really cannot wait for the rest. Oh, thank you so but, much. You should teach me how to make, give me some zine tips one day. Oh, I definitely will. I'll send <laughs> yeah. you the one YouTube video that I use for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But definitely. Cool. And you get coffee with them, so they're cute. All right. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Giggles podcast, hosted by Remy Leibovic and produced by Dane Wagner. The song used for our intro and outro is Beach Walk by Unicorn Heads. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to our social media pages on Instagram at Giggles Podcast and at our website, gigglespodcastblog.wordpress.com. There, you can find out more about the artist, contact the hosts and producers, and find out more about our schedule. Thank you.